This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back once again to Video Games Cover to Cover. This is uh, chapter 72 overall. 17? Part 17 of Dragon Quest? 16? You know what? At this point, it's basically a running joke, and I was thinking about that, that I should go look, and then I decided I shouldn't, because me getting it wrong is just how it is now. It's one of those numbers. Part, or chapter something. Except I'm pretty sure you're right on this one. And I think it is 17. Oh, dang. My memory isn't quite as terrible as I thought. (laughs) Anyway, so we'll go ahead and dive right into it this time. I am still in a situation where my audio might be a little bit iffy, but this should be the last time we have to do this. So hopefully we'll be back to normal starting next week. But so as as of last time, I believe we left off, we had just defeated the boss in Heliodor Castle. Yeah, that's right. We, well, well, yeah, Trogdor, whatever his name was. I can't remember. There's some, it, something T with all powerful. It was not Trogdor because I would never forget that name if it was Trogdor. <laughs> yeah, well, I know that's why I said it. Uh, I, I cannot remember what his actual name was, but it was Jasper's lackey that he summoned. Right, right. After Jasper bragged and flew off like villains tend to do in these sorts of games. Which doesn't make any sense, because here's the thing. If I was Mortigan, and who am I going to get upset with for, for not defeating the Luminary? It's not going to be Trogdor who's dead. It's going right. to be Jasper. It's like, bro, what are you doing? You, you had one there. job. You were at the castle. Like, I knew that. It was your station, and now the castle is free, and the darkness is gone. So, buddy, you screwed up. And then he's like, no, 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 no. It was Trogdor. He's the one that screwed up. And it's like, okay. You don't get to just pass the buck, man. The buck stops here. Yeah, here's the thing, Jasper. Uh, Your guy messed up. That's true. But the specifics here are your guy. I put you in charge you decided to hire a contractor, and that contractor messed up the job. So this is your butt on the line, and you need to figure it out. It's like it's like Jasper who's never had to deal with corporate politics before. I don't understand. Which is insane, because I have to feel like the, the king, unless he just blamed everything on... Once, once the Dark One took over the, the king... Once Mortigan took over the king, he just started blaming everything on Hendrik, which realistically he could do this time. It's like, well, it's all Hendrik's fault. It's like, yeah, but dude, you're the all-powerful evil guy who nobody can hurt right now. Yeah, I gave you all these powers, man, and you're not even going to use them. You're just going to cast some summon spell and leave. Like, maybe I should just take those powers back, dude. Getting a demotion. You're really bad at your job, Jasper. And and it's not even a difficult job. You just kill the guy who can't hurt you. It it shouldn't be easy. You know, they have... After we beat the Witcher, I was playing around with, with all the mods and stuff, and there was basically this God Mode mod 
where you could just go into this screen and activate whatever you wanted. And I was like, well, that should be fun. I added, I did like 200 or something ridiculous percent damage on Axne, whatever the fire one was. And I just ran, I was basically Yennefer because I just went around one hitch killing everything with that thing. And I was just shooting fire like nobody's business. That's Jasper right now, except for the fact that like no one can actually hurt him. I at least made it so if something got hit me, I would take, you know, 1% of the damage that I was supposed to. I got to give him a fighting chance. But Jasper can't even be hurt. And he just left. He said, we don't have the light sword. We don't have this light anything. Bro, what are you doing? First of all, just to clarify, it's Igni. Axie was the push, I believe. You know, Ard was the push. Axie was the mind control, I think. Anyway. I, I, do, uh, I don't care. Also, anymore. I do just want to say 200% damage really isn't even that much. No, no, no. Like, if you're going to go God mode on it. You don't understand. It wasn't 200% damage, Andrew. It was 200 times damage. Oh. If I said, said percent, percent. Yeah. that's on me. Okay. I did 200 times damage. Okay, that sounds much more impressive now. Now yeah, I can because I, the Yennefer comparison. First, I was like, eh. <laughs> I went to three times damage and was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, well, this isn't doing nearly as much as I wanted it to. And so then I just went ahead and bumped it up to whatever the maximum was. And I just laid waste to everybody with spells. Because I'm like, that's what I wanted to do in this game the entire time anyway. I had to put myself at, at Yennefer's level, although I do have to say, with some of the fire stuff she was doing in the animated series, even my 200% damage is basically nothing compared to Yennefer's awesome power. Yennefer's just great, man. She's just wonderful. You know, I just I don't have a negative thing to say about her, except sometimes her attitude is, is kind of leaves a little to be desired, but whatever. Sus, if you will. <laughs> We've been playing a lot of I Among guess, Us recently. I guess that's topical. <laughs> so, after we finish this, it's time to go back to the castle. We've gotten our orb back. Not the red one. Eric would be very sad if he was actually here, but he's not, so whatever. No, we got the purple orb, which is my favorite. Yes. We didn't get the purple orb. And yeah, the sky clears up. Everything's good in Heliodor again. And we go back to the main town. Or the, not the main town, but the um, last bastion that was cobblestone originally. And first, when you get there, it's clearly setting you up for something terrible because no one is around. And during this time, like the king had emphasized that they were going to launch an attack to be a diversion. So the game is clearly trying to make you think that they all got wiped out from this diversion. Which is odd because not only was everyone gone, but the city was also not destroyed. So it was like a weird play. I mean, I get that they probably didn't want to animate all that to make it look like the last Bastion had actually been taken over. But I was sitting there thinking, okay, well, why did you do it that way? Because then you walk all the way to the back of the city and then suddenly everyone shows up. Yeah, and they're basically throwing a surprise party for you. And I'm like, that's cool. Feels a little tonally weird for what we just did. But thanks. Yeah. 
everything that has gone on in this game up to this point, you know, has uh, up to act two has been just, it's been, there, there's been a couple evil moments, but it really hasn't been bad at all. Act two is just like, Hey, let's do the darkest jokes we possibly can, but we're still going to make them goofs and gaffs. So that way people, you know, it's not as bad, but yeah, let's just joke about the fact that the entire town was wiped out when you were gone because Hendrick was so against going in the first place because he's basically like, if I'm not here, you're all going to die. And that was my first thought was, you know, is that really what they're doing that they all died? And so Hendrick's going to feel like he has to come with you because, you know, now he's failed twice and it's the only way he can atone or whatever. But no, everybody's fine. They just were throwing a whole goof at you, which Hendrick probably had like six heart attacks from panic while we were looking for them. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, King, that's such a horrible... It just goes back to me disliking the king. He didn't even apologize to us, and now he's like, let's play this joke on him. It'll be so funny. They just defeated, you know, an evil lord of the castle, and they were so concerned that all of us were going to die. Let's play this little joke where everyone's dead when we get back. No one in town was like, hey, man, um, no... Well, I mean, even if they were, he just would have been like, yeah, well, I'm the king, so you're doing it. But that's the thing. Is he really the king anymore? Like, at all? I mean, Well, he we just, just reclaimed his castle, so I think he's more king now than he was. Well, yeah, he, he was. That's, the th- that's why he was so concerned with us getting the castle back, because he's like, right now, I'm not even a king. I live in a tent. Although it doesn't sound like they're going to move back into the castle. I didn't get that impression. At least not right away. I mean, it definitely... He definitely made it sound like they were going to be, you know, they were going to send some workers to rebuild and stuff, and then probably after that, but yeah, not anytime soon. But yeah, so after the terrible joke that probably shortened the lifespan of our only other party member by like 10 years, the king informs Hendrik that he needs to go with the luminary. Essentially, he orders him to go. It did make it pretty clear that Hendrik really wanted to go with you. He really just needed the king to tell him it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like he was really forcing Hendrik. Hendrik clearly wanted to, but he was also, yeah, A, concerned about the king and concerned about leaving the town on its own. Because the king is essentially like, hey, man, we're going to be fine. We were fine now, and we're going to be fine in the future. But you have to go with him. Because... It's bad. It's really bad, and he needs you. If if anyone is going to take care of this problem, it's you two. You're basically our only hope at this point. And I was like, y- yeah? Since I screwed up so badly before, being possessed and all. Yeah, man, it, it kind of is really bad. That's what I've been saying this whole time. And I could not be happier that Hendrik has joined. Now you, now we both have our gentleman crushes because you get to crush on Hendrik and I have Silvando. <laughs> yes, clearly. <laughs> Not that there's anything against Hendrik. Hendrik, you know, I, I can definitely see the appeal there, but so there's just something about Silvando that has my heart. I mean, you've liked Silvando this entire this exactly. entire run. You you've never stopped liking Silvando, and and it was really touch and go there for me with Hendrik for a while. Because he seemed like kind of a douche. But here's the thing 
we all know that I have a type. <laughs> so you know it's true. You is do. it even surprising at all that I'm going after the Sundere, <laughs> which, which is basically Sundere dude Hendrick this right time now. rather than. <laughs> so and now that we're, we've got Hendrick and we get to go out, I do want to say as of the, at this point, Hendrick's character building tree, if you will, is really huge compared to the luminaries. Now, I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but I haven't looked at all. Really? I have not spent a single point on him, and here's the reason. Hendrick joined the party at 36. I am 46. There is nothing for Hendrick to do right now. <laughs> Hendrick occasionally casts a spell protecting me, and I lay waste to everything that comes Oh, up. man, I gave him... He's been using great swords for me, and he has this really cool thing, like thing where he just like spins around and slices up an entire group, and it's like my favorite move right now. You, yeah, you really should be doing that on the luminary, uh, because last time I checked, your luminary was was also a higher level than Hendrik. I mean, yeah, but I that way Hendrik great has swords on the luminary is key, man. the The platinum sword is amazing. Are you talking about Giga Slash? No, it's called like Helia Chopper because he literally just like spins around. Oh, pretty sure you can get that one too with with the Luminary. I mean, you very well may be able to. I'm. I admit, I'm sitting on a bunch of skill points for the Luminary right now with the hopes that the Luminary part of the tree comes back, which I assume it will. Yeah. Because good luck with that one. You're gonna be waiting a while. You might as well. You can redo your points at any time. I know. I, and I, I honestly don't think that's something that's going to come up for a long time. No, it's probably not going to be till the end of Act 2. But right now I've got the Luminary dual wielding one-handed swords. So it's basically the time skip. And the thing is, once again, the Luminary is garbage. Because he spent the entire time dead as a fish. And everybody else spent the entire time training. Yeah, doing various things that were actually trying to help people. So they're like the bad guys in One Piece, or, or he is the Luminary is the bad guys in One Piece, whereas everybody the rest else of the, the party crew. is the main pirate crew, the stop the Straw Hats, <laughs> because all of them so far have come back and been pretty awesome with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, everybody is rejoining with a much expanded tree, which is what I fully expected. Like when. That kind of how I expected Act 2 was going to go, is just unlocking all this awesome stuff. However, we are about to get a pretty sweet skill as the Luminary. Yes. Coming up here real soon. And it's coming up here with the next place we go, because, oh, it turns out um, Grandmaster Pang, or Pang of Mount, uh, I can't remember the name of the mountain. So the person that we met... In Rab's story. In Rab's story, it turns out that if the Luminary, if things had not gone bad for the Luminary, a.k.a. if the King had not literally ruined your entire life, you would have grown up in this monastery temple. And you're, I can't remember the mountain. This wouldn't have been because of the, the King, because this would have happened instead of his life in Cobblestone at all. So that was just because the monsters attacked. Well, no, because all Dundrasilian knights grow up here. Right. But again, that's the he didn't do that because the monsters destroyed Dundrasil, not because of what this particular king did. 
well, yeah, but wasn't the king possessed at that point? That was the overtone that I got. I got the impression that the king got possessed during the monster attack, and I'm assuming that was all orchestrated by Jasper. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you might be right there. I could I could be missing Because I think you said since that day he was possessed. Regardless, this king sucks. I don't like him. He shouldn't be king anymore. And I've made my point clear on that. You you have, it's true. <laughs> You've been very clear on your anti-king bias. So if things had not gone well, then the Luminary would have grown up under the tutelage of Grandmaster Pang. So that's our next objective is to go to this mountain. Because, and, and more importantly, because apparently this mountain also has secrets pertaining to the Luminary. Allegedly, Arborea was not the only place. And and by that, I mean Yggdrasil and the, and the first forest. There is apparently, you know, something else here at this mountain that the Luminary can learn pertaining to being the Luminary. Yes. So the map has also changed around a little bit. They inform you that they've repaired the, for- the, the bridge that was out in the woods that you passed through with Eric at the be- early in the game where we had to get the woodcutter to rebuild the bridge. Well, they've repaired a different bridge so that we can cross in a different way because we have to go in different routes for everything because we don't have the ship anymore since we don't have Silvando. And we don't have... A lot of the routes that used to exist have been blocked off because of the big calamity. So, our objective now is to pass through the forest. First of all, when you get there, the woodcutter's bridge has been destroyed again. And I know we both laughed about that and we're like, man, you know, if only we had had, like, if only the woodcutter had been there, like, lamenting over his bridge or something, that could have been pretty funny. Exactly. But he's nowhere to be found. Which insinuates things went pretty badly for the woodcutter. But this left us... In order to get through, you actually have to go down into that area that we talked about before, where it's like, man, you can't, like, there was this whole big area down there that you couldn't get into at all. Well, now's the time you do that, because you have to take the long way around because the bridge is broken. And then we finally get to the bridge that they said they repaired, and this repair job, I have to bring this up, and I'm the, the whole reason I'm even talking about this forest, they're like, oh yeah, we repaired the bridge, it's totally good. They literally just chopped over a tree and, like, shoved the log over it. There's no bridge at all. They just knocked a tree over. And, like, I feel like you guys overstated what the work you did by a significant amount with this. Just saying. <laughs> hey, man, they, they fixed. They fixed it. I mean, technically. I mean, what are you expecting? You can cross the gap now. So that part is true, but that's not what they said. They said we fixed the bridge. And, like, that is not what you did. Now, see, I don't actually remember that, so I'm just taking your word on this one. You created a new natural bridge, which is fine, but that's not what you told me. Anyway, so you get across, and this takes us back into the region near Coast of Valor. And now, the last time we passed through here, this is the area that I think I mentioned several episodes ago where there were a bunch of Dundercillian guards who wouldn't let you through by order of the king. Nobody was allowed to go to that mountain. Well, they're gone now, obviously. You can go through because that's where we have to go next. Yeah, apparently what was actually happening was the king was apparently... Because, of course, I mean, it was Mordigan and there were ties to the Luminary. Yeah, he was trying to block off all the areas that were relevant that would have helped make you more likely to beat him the first time. Exactly. 
Uh, and I believe it is Mount Pangla. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. So now you got to climb this mountain, and you know it's a another dungeon. I mean, well, I wouldn't even really call it a dungeon because it's not really like you pass through a couple of caves, but the caves are relatively short. You're just working your way up this mountain until you come to the the, the city of the monks of of Pangla, and you can fight black dragons on this mountain. Yeah. You can also fight like the cool long dragons, like the Chinese type dragons. And I just the, laid the Dragon Ball dragon. everything, just everything constantly. And, and Which, in in one of the side quests, you actually have to lay waste to one of those big dragons. Yeah, using a particular. It's another one where you have to use a specific pep skill. And it's one with Hendrik. I mean, I'm not surprised. It, it almost seems like every time we get a new party member, it's. Here's an excuse to use something with them, yeah. Hey, by the way, here's this new thing that you can do, which is kind of cool as a reminder, and it kind of gives you a, hey, you're forced to use this thing. But I feel like the ones that are more rare, I would have actually liked to have seen more. So use, like, a quest that says, hey, use Electrolyte, and you can, you know, fight some magic slimes or whatever. That would have been kind of cool instead of just, hey, use this thing to abs- just kill everything. It's like, okay, thanks. I didn't really need to know that. But I wouldn't have found Electrolyte. Like, I would have never used it because I wouldn't have known. Because the description is just like, hey, some special monsters are show up. Now, I knew that that was the case because you had told me before. But not knowing that, I'd have no idea what that meant. Well, I didn't even know it was that. I just knew there was a pet power. Yeah, yeah, it's electric. I, dude, we went into the whole. No, no, I was saying when I told you about it, I didn't know. I just knew there was a pet power that could help you get metal slimes. Well, I assumed when it said a special monster will show up that it was it, and it just yeah, it happened to be that one. You just said that you knew that there was going there was a pet power that did that. I just waited until a pet power showed up that it that looked right that yeah. looked right. I think there's a list of the pet powers that you can look through. There is. Once you meet the requirements, yeah, if you, it's in one of the like miscellaneous menus, everything that you have access to based on the party members you have and the skills they have. So I just looked around to, hey, which ones are going to benefit me? And also, like when you're doing the character builder with the tiles, if you look around, it actually does specifically tell you, hey, this contributes to a pet power. And so those are the ones I tend to kind of prioritize for obvious reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really. I I only have I have the two pet powers I need at this point, which are two pet powers that allow me to power level. Well, you don't have them right now though, because you don't have access to those characters. Yes, I I'm aware. You know, I need Silvando and I need Jade. I sort of need Eric, but Eric's is I believe Eric's is the one that. Yeah, Eric's is the one that gives you double experience but the one for the metal slimes you just need jade and and silvando anyway so the path further up is blocked because only people who have been granted permission by the it wasn't the dalai lama but that's obviously what they were referencing so i'm just going to call him that because it was very close to that but only people the avatar oh yes that's another good way of putting it yes this whole thing is very feels very avatar yeah it's the the monks from the avatar well it, it's not necessarily that it was blocked these two monk dudes show up and they're like hey bro you're not going any farther 
Right. And then the actual Avatar shows up. Well, first, a bunch of monks want to fight you because they're like, oh, it's from Heliodor. Heliodor's been impressing us. Take that. And then the actual yeah Avatar guy shows up and he's like, what are you doing? Stop that. This dude is the Luminary. And they're like, oh, I had no idea. And then he's like, I apologize. They have been lacking in their training or they would have known that you were the Luminary. And I'm like... Everyone seems to know that I'm the luminary at all times, but basically anyone that matters. <laughs> Except this guy who apparently did. It's like every single person on the planet seems to know who the luminary is, except for the people looking for the luminary. That's pretty convenient, actually, because otherwise it would get really awkward. Well, yeah. You know, back when back when you were walking around when and, and all those knights were constantly like, Hey, you kind of look familiar, but I don't know who you are. Guys, I, I I feel like you've done a terrible job here. Mortigan is clearly bad at his job. Or Jasper <laughs> or whoever. Because why would you not just magically snap a picture or something? Or like put up posters everywhere. Have yeah. somebody draw it and make sure every single person has one. At the very least, like, put it in everybody's camp so, like, when those guards go back to sleep at night, they can be reminded what the Luminary looks yeah, like. Yeah, put it right above their head so the Luminary's always staring at them. Oh, I hate this guy. He's always looking at me. Yeah, good. And so that go way, when he shows up, you'll actually know who it is. And you'll be like, it's the guy! Get him! Yeah, just, again, terrible management and, and HR practices and everything here in Mordigan, Inc., He's just, they're not very good at it. To their credit, I mean, Jasper was following them the entire time. And I'm sure that they, I'm sure the reason they needed to do that was because they needed the Luminary to feel like it was a priority. So that way they could basically follow him and get to the tree as quick as possible. Because if the Luminary is rushing in their quest to defeat the Dark One, then that means... The Luminary is going to make mistakes along the way. And not be as ready as they could be. And so it's like, hey, I know I can immediately be ready if I go get this sword, so let me go get this sword. So on some level, I mean, yeah, Mortigan is is probably brilliant in this sense. It (laughs) sounds like he's had centuries to come up with this plan, but... I mean, so far, it's worked pretty well in his favor. Really, his big, the only real mistake we can point to is him putting Jasper in any level of responsibility because clearly that guy's just blowing it all off. Yeah, and any of these monsters along the way. Unless, again, they were just there for, like, fodder. It's like, if you kill the guy, great. But at least save me his hand. Assuming that's where the powers are. Nobody even knows. I don't even know. I don't even know. Well, he doesn't even have the powers anymore, so. But that's the thing. On some level, we still have to be the Luminary because... Because of the thing with the with the plant in the castle, like yeah, but well, not we even just that, guys. but the 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 avatar recognizes us as the luminary. Yeah, well, that that part could easily be explained by the birthmark that we somehow have back. But in general, yes, there's clearly some nugget of luminariness still in there. I mean, maybe, but he, if I remember the conversation right, he didn't like walk over and look at your hand. It was one of those things of he just knew based off of your aura. That was the impression. Yeah, that, that I might got. be the case. That, that, that sounds vaguely familiar. Which is exactly Regardless. why he said if they had had more training, they would have known it was you as well. 
but I, I guess there's no reason to really dwell on that. That's just yeah. That's the impression that I had gotten. Anyway, so we're here in Pangrela or whatever it was called. Again, definitely not Shangrela. Well, this one is. Oh, I just had it pulled up. Um, yeah, Angrela. Angrela. That's right. And so now we're here, and you get the you know. $10 tour, if you will, of, of the place. And the avatar tells you that, you know, normally you would be here and you would train under Grandmaster Pang, but unfortunately she's no longer with us. And because she's no longer with us, we don't really have anything to offer you. Also, there was this hermit guy who passed through and uh, we haven't seen him in weeks. So that's kind of a thing. Oh, man. So when I was looking for the name of that mountain, I just discovered a massive spoiler. Oh no. I'm not going to talk about it, but oh, that really No, the sucks. question is, will you forget about it by the time it happens? No. No. We I won't. That's unfortunate then. <laughs> That's the thing because it's like the more I want to forget something, the more I'm going to. You mean the more you're going to remember? Sure, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if I stop thinking about it, I'll forget. Because, like, if you want to forget, if the more you want to forget, the more you forget, I'm like, then that sounds like everything is working as intended. I'm not sure what the issue is. I think it's a situation where it's like, you want to forget, so you think about forgetting it, and then that just puts it into your your long-term memory. Because in the short term, so what we really got to do is just keep talking about this story and then I won't think about it and then it won't be a problem. Right. But so, now I'm thinking about not thinking about it and it's just creating, it, it's going to get stored into the long term memory. There's nothing I can do about that. You know, in my desire to get names correct, it's just an unfortunate side effect. I hate it when that happens. Anyway, so you go through, you get the little tour thing, the avatar tells you about you know, the birthright you have as a Dundrasillian, which I couldn't help but think about the fact that only Dundrasillians do this because it seems like if this is, if they've got some kind of crazy secrets for fighting Mortigan and stuff, feels like that's something everybody should probably know, like, or, you know, knights of most kingdoms, not just Dundrasil. So that stood out as a little weird to me. Well, I'm pretty sure that Dundrasil was the only kingdom left that really believed in the Luminary and the cause. And basically, I mean, they, before they everything was going to go going downhill, that's what the king was really. He was telling everybody, "Listen, I think that's what that whole meeting was about. Like, hey, things are about to be really, really bad." Because I know for a fact that Dundersill was the only ones giving that mountain money, which is why the, it was like all Dundersillian knights go here to be trained. I think it's just something that they've always done. And so it's basically just that's this is the way for the deal. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the reason. Yes. All princes of Dundersil go there. And he talks about how Rab had been here a long time ago and how he was just straight up like the worst student ever, which was kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like just he was just so bad, constantly getting getting like corporal punishment from the grandmaster pang and stuff and of course i think both of us immediately jumped to the conclusion of he was doing it on purpose because he's a pervert 
Yeah, that's the conclusion I came to. Although, here's the thing. I don't know. She she is obviously older than Rab is. And this isn't necessarily a spoiler because we already know this, but it turns out she's dead. Well, yeah, they tell you that. They tell you that she's dead. That's why she looks so young when she's in there. It's because I mean, she's maybe. dead. No, that's the reason why. Oh. It's not a maybe. That's the reason why. I don't remember them explicitly saying that that was why she looked young. I mean, definitely everything else for sure. Well, they don't, but I just, like, that's on the wiki. I was just looking. That's what I'm telling you right now. Okay. That's gotcha. part of it. But that's why she looks young is because she's basically, she can assume any form she wants because she's dead. Right. Nah, that makes sense. And so obviously she would take the one where, you know, I would take the one where I look good. It's certainly yeah. not now. <laughs> but no, no, it's like, you know, fast forward eight years and that's the version or, or wait, fast forward, rewind eight years. And that's the version of Chris I would go with now. You know, someday I was, I I was wondering that, about that because like, fast forward. I'm like, I don't think that word means what you think it means, apparently. Well, hopefully I fast forward eight years and I've gotten and my to act together and yeah. really, like, buckle down. That's fair. I did it once before, although before I was extremely active and my metabolism was off the charts and I was taking really good care of myself. Why I stopped doing that, I don't know. I just got a stress. Stress is a big one. I stress eat constantly, and it's basically the bane of all of my problems. I actually started buying sugar-free gum, specifically like the sugar that doesn't, hopefully doesn't have any negative effects or whatever, because I, when I get really stressed out, I tend to eat. And so I will, if I chew gum instead, then it's, my body is like, oh, hey, you know, he's got stuff going on with his mouth. I guess I'm very orally fixated on stuff, which sounds just, just terrible. Let's just move past it. You know, we were talking about Grandmaster Pang, you know, and I, how we got on this, I remember entirely, but that's not the point. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the search party that went up to look for this mysterious hermit comes back around this time and informs the Avatar that they were unable to find him and it's very dangerous up there. So, naturally, now we have our next quest is we have to go find this hermit. Well, yeah, and, and it's funny because it's like the... You, you, you go up to the Avatar and you're like, oh, I'll go find him. I'm like, what? No. We can't just let you solve your problems. And I'm thinking... Oh, man! For the first time in history, somebody else has been like, Dude, we'll take care of it. Like, we can do this. And then they gave a description of the guy, and they were like, um, that could be your uncle, right? Grandpa. What did they say, Grandpa? I thought he said that could be your uncle. I thought Hendrix specifically said uncle. Oh. Whatever. I mean, Rab definitely is your grandpa, but maybe he said grandpa. I, I'm really confusing. I could have sworn he said uncle. Maybe there's something else going on, man. Maybe that wasn't Rab's daughter. Maybe, maybe he, maybe I'm just misremembering everything. Anyway, it's time for the next objective to go up to the top of the mountain and 
save the hermit, or at least find the hermit if he can, be, and hopefully save him. And surprising exactly no one at this point. When you get up there, there's an old man sitting cross-legged, uh, meditating. And I have to bring this up because we had talked about it before, but I cannot stop looking. When I was looking at him, I'm like, this. he clearly reminds me of Master Roshi, just the general look of him. This is not the Master Roshi that I wanted, though. I wanted Master Roshi in his, like, Hulk mode when he does Kamehameha for the first time. But I get Master Roshi as, like... The the skinny old man that you see most of the time. The severely malnourished Master Roshi. Yeah, the, the, the form he usually has. But not only that, he's got his picture book sitting there. Hendrick runs up and he's like, oh, this is a number one issue. It's like in mint condition. First of all, Hendrick, I don't know if you're aware of what mint condition means, but sitting out in the cold, in the snow, is not what I would call the definition of mint condition. Yeah, that's going to be, like, moderately used at best. Second of all, what does that tell you about Rab that apparently that's how he, what he used to get himself into meditation mode? I mean, what Rab, I'm completely expecting this of. My re- The real surprise here, Andrew, is that Hendrick is, is also Hendrick. that level of, of pervert that Rab is. A man after my own heart, Andrew. <laughs> you were complaining about it when Rab did it. Yeah, but Rab's like a dirty old man. At least Hendrick is like an age where it's somewhat appropriate for him to be ogling girls. (laughs) And at least he's doing it in like a magazine and not like doing it out. He's respectful in public. I don't see Hendrick like going out. Like, that's the thing. It's like if you want to look in a magazine or whatever, go on the Internet or whatever. It's like that's one thing. But don't be, like, going out there and catcalling girls and stuff. And I feel like that's the sort of stuff that Rab would do as, like, a dirty old man. Hendrick <laughs> so is keeping really to have, his own business. You really have no basis on that. You just you just have a feeling that Rab is, is that much more of a creeper. We've seen him do it. We saw him be a creeper on a girl before, I thought. We did? I thought he did. I thought he made some comment about one of the... Um, Puff Puff Girls at one point. I thought the only time I remember it coming up before was when the magazine fell out of his pocket and Jade got mad at him about it. Okay, fine. I'm still just saying, here's the thing. He's an old guy, probably in his 50s or 60s, looking at 20-somethings. Bro. I mean, I, 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 get, I get where you're coming from. I was just trying to illust- clarify because you were like, it, with Rab, it's... it's Super creepy and unacceptable, and I'm like... I'm just saying, when there is such a ridiculous gap between Rab carrying around this girly magazine with his 20-something on it in his, like, 60s, that's definitely more unacceptable than Hendrick is really the point I'm trying to make here. I mean, I think it's a good rule of thumb. The half-year-age plus seven rules is... Is a decent starting point as far as that goes, and I will definitely agree that Rab is beyond that point for these girls. I'm just saying, it, it to me, it seems a little bit more acceptable for Hendrick in this case. 
than than Rat. Especially to the point that Jade is like getting mad at him for it. I don't think well, maybe Jade will be mad at Hendrick. I guess we gotta have that conversation when we get there. You know, if Jade is just as mad at Hendrick here's the thing, I'm not a, a woman. So I don't even know but maybe women are gonna be like, hey, dude, all of it's unacceptable. And then I'll be like, okay, you know, there's nothing I can do. Well, wait, there is something I can do. You know what? You, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to get at here. I'm just trying to be respectful of people's stees. I'm just saying, from my perspective, it seems a little odd for Rab to be in this position. Because yeah, I've so. worked with older men before who are like skeeving on younger women, and it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, like come, come, come on. I mean, you're not wrong. It's an archetype that is very uncomfortable in general and is an archetype that's also come up like two or three times already just in this game. We didn't even talk about one of the random switch side of side quests from Tickington. But that's because that would require me to do anything from Tickington. Right. And <laughs> that there's another one in there that it gets pretty uncomfortable in a similar but not exactly the same sort of way. Uh, Why am I not surprised? So I guess what I'm getting at is this is kind of a running theme, and the dirty old man trope seems to be really popular in Japan in a way that I get just kind of uncomfortable about. Yeah, I don't... I have to really sit back and think, Japan, are you really having this problem, or is that just a trope that everybody just... That's a trope that exists. I mean, the fact that it's a trope implies that it's, it's got to be something that resonates at least on some level, which makes it really uncomfortable. Did you ever watch Azamanga Dayo? No. Okay. I have not I yet. Talk, I won't talk about that then, but every time this comes up, I think of a particular character from that, and it just is... Uh. Bro, there's, there's a character that you could mention in pretty much any anime. Like, there's, there are so many, there's so many animes where... I just won't even show it to my wife because whereas I will sit back and just ignore those aspects of it, she's like, this is disgusting and I don't even want to see it. And I'm like, I totally get it. So, like, I just know that you won't like this anime. Or when this character comes up, I'm like, just go get a drink or something. Because she's like, I just find it uncomfortable and I don't like it. And I'm like, I totally, totally get it. 100% understand. For me, it's like, if I like the anime as a whole, I, 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 it's a lot easier for me to sit back and just say, well, let me just ignore that aspect of it, but then at the same time, go on forums and be like, why is that even here? Because it serves no purpose. Why is it here? It doesn't make any sense. It's literally disgusting, and everybody agrees with that. Just stop doing it. Can we just stop? Because there are so many, there's so many things that come out of Japan that do that, and I'm like, you're catering to a specific, and apparently it's happening in in America too now. Because um, I'm not even going to bring it up, but all I have to say is Netflix, and everyone will immediately know what I'm talking about. Like, are you kidding me? Why, as a society, are we just allowing these certain things now? 
knowing what you're talking about the Netflix, there's, that's slightly more complicated than that, but that's definitely not an argument we need to have for sure. I know that it's more complicated, but it's just on some level, it's just not because I know what that, I know what that documentary is about. And I know it is specifically about, this is disgusting that people are doing it. I right, get but that. The problem is the, the, the way, way Netflix presents yes, it. I was about to. I was about to say Netflix handled it horrendously and gave it an impression that it was absolutely not supposed to have, and caused a whole bunch of problems. Yeah, and, and they just keep doubling down and not fixing it. But whatever. It, it just. I don't know, man. It just seems like it's clearly disgusting that that these things exist. And I don't know if Japan just uses that as a haha funny joke. And I hope not because it's just really not funny. It just isn't. It's like, oh, the the guy with the with the sexy magazine again. Haha, it falls out of his pocket. It's not funny anymore. It's just not. It's a lot tamer than is what has come up in other things, but those other things have done it so much that even the really tame version of the the quote-unquote joke feels really uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, and you keep going back to Master Roshi. Master Roshi is like, I'm so glad he's basically not in Dragon Ball Z at all. Yeah. Because in Dragon Ball, there are parts of it that I'm like, uh, there's just literally, like Goku... Master Roshi refused to train Goku and Krillin unless they brought him a young girl to marry. What? Yeah. Which and almost makes me feel like that this is a Toriyama thing that he just keeps working these characters in and that wonder if that says something about him. Well, that's the thing. It's like on some level, it can't just be Toriyama because he's he he is is in control of the art of the characters. He's not coming up with the personalities of the characters, is he? I mean, I imagine he probably contributes, but certainly not to the level he was with Dragon Ball. And I, I don't know, man. It just seems like it's a it's a trope that I really wish would just die. It's one of those things that it's like the meme is no longer funny. Just stop bringing it up, please. If it ever was. Yeah, you're right. If it ever was. I'm sure when I was in high school or whatever, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that guy's a pervert. But then now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, okay, this this wasn't funny then, and it's certainly not funny now. I'm just yeah. not as young as I used to be. Well, then, yeah, senses of humor and things change over time and stuff. Like, you know, there was a time when I thought South Park was really good, and now I can't stand it. <laughs> For example. Yeah. Like, just to use, so, like, I mean, people's opinions change as they get older, your sense of humor changes and stuff too. And it is the sort of thing that, you know, is probably high school level funny or something, but it does contribute to really uncomfortable. Um, like the core of that joke is really uncomfortable, whether or not you find it funny. So what you're saying is I should go back and watch ultraviolet because my tastes have changed since high school. And maybe I'll actually <laughs> like it now. I feel like even if that was somehow true, you would find a way to still hate it on just so you could maintain that on principle. Well, it's the only movie I've watched and truly hated. I can't think of another movie that I've watched and and haven't like enjoyed on some level. Robo Geisha. 
yeah, man, I still enjoyed Robo Geisha, and I enjoy Robo Geisha not for Robo Geisha itself, but for but for the memes. Oh no, no, I know. I was just specifically mentioning that because that was one that we specifically had to go seek out because we're like, is this actually a thing? And it was. That was back in I think high school or college. Yeah. And now it's like, oh man, would they do a remake of Robo Geisha? Robo Geisha is basically Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, they had in one of the one of the original artworks for that was like some girl out of a out of a sexy club is standing there and she had just murdered some like mob boss or something. And then the police had showed up. It's basically Robo Geisha. Speaking of Cyberpunk, and I feel like I'm obligated to bring this up since you mentioned it and it reminded me, but unfortunately, uh, since we we talked about it a bunch with The Witcher, CD Projekt Red violated their promise to not do Crunch, and I'm really upset about that. I thought it wasn't coming out until, like, November. Yeah, but they still said, turned around and said, well, in order to make the deadline that we've pushed it to, we're gonna we're going to go ahead and be implementing Crunch for the rest of the project. After making like a big deal about advertising how they weren't doing that. So I feel obligated to mention that because that's something that we talked about as a big deal when we finished The Witcher and now here they are ruining that. Yeah. On on some, it just sucks. And and I almost feel like it'd be better if they just pushed it off again. But part of the problem now is with PS5 and everything coming out, they probably have contracts and stuff that they they don't have a choice. And I'm sure they're also worried about like missing the Christmas rush, which I, I like from a financial standpoint, I get it, but that doesn't make me not disappointed. Yeah. And it doesn't and the financial stuff overriding the well-being of your employees is you know, one of my big problems with capitalism as a system. So like it, it, it's not you know, even though I understand how somebody could come to that conclusion, that doesn't make it okay to me. And I'm sure that they also lost a lot of time to development from home and stuff because I know that basically all places has had to move to that. And I'm not saying that's a, an excuse or even a good one. It just, ugh, that's just, it really is just disappointing to hear. Yeah, but obviously this podcast is not about that, but I felt like we had to, to bring it up since that got announced recently and we were now talking about cyberpunk. Anyway, so we've <laughs> beaten the rabbits of pervert into the ground, and um, because of the Ogler's Digest, they realize, well, that and the fact that um, the Avatar, who has come with us, points out that he's only ever seen such terrible posture once before. <laughs> I've only ever seen one man. Which, how on earth did the Avatar, who looks like he's five and there's an eight-year-old girl running around who specifically talks about how her best friend is now the avatar it it, this whole mountain really is just hey this one feels like a nod to avatar the last airbender whereas the other city felt like a nod to frozen yeah no for sure like uh, once you said oh it's the avatar i was like yeah, like I couldn't unsee it at that point. Because of these two pieces of information, we're able to successfully identify that this guy, even though he looks completely different now, is definitely Rab. Which is like, as a player, it, it, duh. Right. He's I mean, totally like we knew right. that was who. 
it was pretty clear that's what happened from the beginning. I mean, we already knew Rab was talking to Grandmaster Pong anyway, so he had to have come here. So the whole thing was just, yeah, of course. That's Even people with without the Switch version, I feel like as soon as they rolled up on that hermit, he's got the same fez and everything. Like, that's definitely your grandfather. It Like, come on. And he specifically, the, the, the avatar is like, hey, you can save him, but there's a chance that you're just, you're never going to come back and you're going to die. Yeah, you basically, we can go to the realm that he is in in his meditation and try to bring him back. Uh, and one thing I guess we did skip over briefly was that multiple people talk comment about how, despite as cl- being as close as they are to the world tree, um, this mountain and Angrela and everything survived the impact without any problems. And that's actually because of Grandmaster Pong casting this massive spell or whatever, and the exertion from that is what killed her. Pretty sure it's Pang. Pang, whatever. Uh, Grandmaster Awesome Lady. Well, because there's no O. No, it's just a law of like the, you know, how each each vowel has two different ways to pronounce it. But anyway. No, I I understand. I'm just, I th- I, I legitimately think it's it's Pang. I could it's, be wrong on this, though. I, I, you're probably right. I don't. It's P-A-N-G. Pronounce that how you will. Correct. And And if I'm wrong. Feel free to just blast me in the Discord. I mean, just really let me. Have I mean, it's fun. whether or not he's wrong. You feel free to blast him in the Discord anyway. No, That's just a time. I, yeah, I have to be wrong on something for you to blast me in the Discord. I feel like, you know, that it, it seems unfair to just open me up for a blasting when I've done nothing wrong. But you've always done something wrong. I feel like that's just blatantly untrue. You know. Well, you don't anyway. know, but I do. I mean, I'm sure I've done plenty of things wrong, too. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. That there's always something to be blasted about. That's just how it is. <laughs> it was spoken like a true adult. <laughs> there's always something to be blasted about. I mean, to be an adult in 2020, there's like a million things every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if everyone in 2020 isn't just constantly trashed, then there's no... Yeah. Anyway, so obviously you have to agree and you go into... You have to agree, but I said no like three or four times. Of course you did, because you always do. (laughs) I was like, they're like, are you going to go in and save him? No. Hendrik looks back at you. The most disappointed. He's like, are you serious, bro? You're, this is this is no time to jest. This is your grandfather we're talking about. You must go in and save him. And I'm on, on some level, I'm like, are you going to come with me, Hendrik? Like, I got to go, but you could just stay out here and twiddle your thumbs with the yeah, avatar? Like, I have to put my life at risk, apparently, but... Like... You're the one that is in love with this dude because he's got the men condition girly mag. Why don't you go in and get him? Why do I have to go? Uh, yeah, men condition ogler's digest number one. Important stuff. Yeah, that's been sitting in the snow and it definitely is not men condition. It looks like this was men condition when it fell in the snow. <laughs> I feel like they need to go back and change that dialogue. They're going to make a patch just for this one line for Chris. Like, tr- Well, no, it's not for Chris. It's for any collector out there at all. 
because if anyone know if anyone is a collector and they've ever had anything graded the slightest like little speckle of dust is like point one get it out of here oh oh it looks like somebody may have touched it during the manufacturing process eight eight out of ten okay cool did you know the back of every magic card has a smudge on it i feel like i vaguely remember that if you look at any magic card the back of them has a smudge on it i think it's near the deck deck master i think there's actually a couple other mistakes like they originally didn't want it to be blue they actually want it to be yellow but they can't change it either and uh or maybe a different color i can't remember but i did i did hear that they didn't want like the entire color yeah well well no on magic the the entire color is blue with a red outline i think i remember them like if you look at wizardsofthecoast.com i'm pretty sure it's a different it's a completely different color than what's on the cards oh i thought you were talking about like literally the entire color blue like one fifth of the colors no under deck master master there's a tiny little smudge and they have to keep it in there because they don't want any of the cards to look different i feel like that's something that you could have immediately rectified with a reprint like after and just now especially with with something like that though like if you do reprints then you're immediately getting into the angry fans of well what about these cards that i have that are the old way are they worthless now like i mean i think that was probably what i'm saying is that's what they could have done before and it would have been more acceptable to say hey we are just trying to rush this out to see because that's what they did like it was rushed they were literally building the cards in like a a garage or something and then when it became popular they could have immediately just been like, okay, well, let's just do reprints or let's fix it somehow or whatever. But going forward, it's going to be this now. Now, if they were to change it, it's ba- it's impossible and there's no way they could change it. Unless they just move over to all digital and then they can do whatever they want, whenever they want. Anyway, so you get into the uh, <laughs> other dimension. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I don't have anything else to add. I'm not know, nearly as I'm up just, on magic stuff. So. I just thought that was a cool little. So you get in there, and it turns out Rab is just fine. Which, I mean, we already knew that, having played his story. But he's been training this whole time. Well, first you're introduced to Grandmaster Grandmaster Pang. And you walk up, and she's like, do you have any idea what you're in for? And I was like, yes, yes, I totally do. And she's like, hey, stupid. You have no clue what's happening. (laughs) Mordigan has ruined literally everything and anyone who dies because of Yggdrasil being gone, just you just got to stay here forever. You're screwed until it eventually, until you just eventually fade out of existence and are gone forever. So like no more reincarnation for anyone. She's like, you're absolutely screwed, and you have no idea what you're doing. Cool. Uh, thanks for that. Okay, man. Um, I'm just here for my grandpa. Like. So, did you see, like, an old dude somewhere? Kind of really glad I didn't grow up here. Meanwhile, Chris is like, respect. Where respect is due. (laughs) No, Chris is like, yell at me more. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I have no idea what's happening. 
Because on some level, I didn't. Like, I had no idea that that Yggdrasil being dead, like, now apparently death yeah, is that was... super, like, terrifying. Everything, with all the information you keep getting, like, everything just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So now it's like there's a whole bunch of people that are just permanently dead forever, and they're never even going to reincarnate because Yggdrasil's gone. Yep. Cool. Like all the people from um, all the towns that died, like in the initial falling of Yggdrasil and stuff. Yeah, those people are all just gone, I think. So it really can get worse. And the farther we get into Act 2, it seems like the worse everything is actually becoming. Well, not even becoming, but the more we're learning about how much worse it actually is. Yeah. But even then, like, is it like... The key is, you know, it's still, even though the, oh, there's all these really negative things, and we've talked about this in other episodes, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but, like, that's, it doesn't have the same tonal feel to it that things like The Last of Us and The Walking Dead do, which is why I enjoy it more, even though there's still plenty of bad things happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still agree with you. I just, like, I am fully prepared for things to get even worse. Oh, yeah. Every town is just going to be, like, some new disaster, I'm sure. So you you come in just in time to see Rap. They're like Marvel mass- movies. <laughs> I mean, they kind of are. If you like, really think, think about it, because the Marvel movies get incredibly dark at times, like Infinity War, but they still have a lot of jokes and laughs in there, like with Hendrick and the book and everything like that. And yeah, and and I think that's an important distinction as to why like the Marvel movies caught on so much more than what DC was doing did and. Other than, you know, when DC's kind of shifted their tone a little bit with the last couple movies. And they have been doing better with that. Because, yeah, like, having jokes and stuff to break up the tension makes it a much more accessible experience. And I really think you need that, especially in, like, 2020. Where it's like, I don't want to go into a video game world and have things be unbelievably horrible. Right. It's like, like, I'm here to I'm trying to escape for a little while. Yeah. No, I totally agree. (laughs) I've been that way for a few years because as things have just been trending into worse and worse and worse, I'm like, I don't that. And like, I just feel like optimism is the braver position to have right now because nobody feels optimistic. So having, so having things be more optimistic is like the counterculture position where, whereas, you know, Oh, everything sucks all the time. Yeah. Everybody's already saying that you're not really like being subversive or whatever. It's not like big, hard hitting drama. You're like, yeah, whatever. You're not telling me anything. I don't already know. Well, that's that's your problem, man. You got to have some optimism. That's how I get by every single day. You got to find something to be optimistic about, and you got to latch on to that. Yeah, you got to be like the characters here in Dragon Quest, who, despite what happened, none of them are giving up. Exactly, dude. I don't want to give up on anything. It just I don't have time for it. I keep myself so busy that I just I don't have time to lose to lose hope. So, you show up, and Rab is just now finally learning this move he's been working on for weeks. And it's like the true secret that um, the original Luminary's companion. Pretty discovered. sure this has been way longer than weeks, man. That dude looks. He, it it kind of seems like he's been there the entire time. The Luminary. I thought been. they said it, that he passed through a couple weeks ago when they sent the search Maybe, party. Maybe, but him. how did he turn into skin and bones in one in in two weeks? That seems oh. crazy to me. I think you're right. Now that I think about it, I think that he it, it was a couple weeks ago, but it seems insane to me that in two weeks, he's skin and bones. 
Although apparently like, he immediately becomes back to his old self after a single night of eating, but... Yeah, they uh, play a joke about that once you finish this section, which I, I'll admit, I thought that was a pretty amusing little line. But um, So he unlocks a new ultimate super move magic thing, um, but Master Pang isn't done because she's going to teach the Luminary something that the original Luminary learned so many years ago. And not just the original Luminary. Erdrick? Yes! <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. She specifically said, this is Erdrick's move. He learned Morgan's move? More, they really needed to change that name, because there's like Mortigan, which is the bad guy, and then there's like Mortigan, which is apparently a good guy that was traveling around with the old luminary. It was a, a wizard is, that worked, went with Erdrick, yeah. Which was apparently actually Erdrick. So yeah, so, this is Erdrick's move. So you get this super cool like sword thing that just hits for awesome damage and not at first. Yeah, you have to practice it and you have to get into you get into a fight with Rab where you just have to keep using the move and it does it like doubles the amount of damage it does every time you use it. Except that fight was hard because yeah, she activates some superpower mode for Rab and he becomes incredibly difficult. And then he gets to do the whole like splitting and making clones of himself thing which is like what is happening right now? The only way that I got through it is I kept using Giga Slash which would one hit kill his clones and then Every time he would hit me, I would then heal, and then I would have one turn of being able to attack him with it increasingly. It does, every single time, it doubles the amount of damage as you're learning the move. So I basically had, of the four to five turns, I would get one attack in. And I was low on MP by the time. Luckily, it was zero MP. I don't know if it still is. But it's, there are four it's to not. five After turns, that training, it costs quite a bit. But there was like a lot of build up to that. And and I actually lost at one point thinking, oh, well, it won't be that big of a deal. I'm just going to ignore my health. Yeah, well, I had to restart the entire section. You show up at the very beginning. You show back up where Hendrick is like, hey, are you going to go in there? <laughs> cool. So I get to see all of this again. And then the next time I went through, Grandmaster Pang was like, hey, do you know what you're in for? And I'm like, no. And then she didn't yell at me, and I was disappointed. <laughs> but she still tells you everything. Yes. So once you've learned both of these things, you get interrupted because, as it turns out, Mortigan has arrived. He has found them in the this like dimension between life and death or whatever is going on here. Yeah, he's like, this is where you've been hiding. And this huge tentacle monster thing starts coming out. And Grandmaster Pang is just like, hey, screw you, dude. Sets up this shield and basically says, by the way, you're about to learn this ultimate combo on the fly, which I was hoping I'd have a little bit more time for you to learn. But you're going to do it or we're all going to die, so I recommend you do it. <laughs> and it just happens to turn out that this combo is a pet power you get later called Solar Flare, which is freaking amazing. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It, com it combines Rab's move and the Luminaries and it hits everything and it's glorious. And I just think about Solar Flare 
from Dragon Ball Z where they put their hands up to their eyes and they're like, solar flare, and it's literally just used for blinding people. But this solar flare is like, I'm going to use this to destroy basically all evil. <laughs> Burn away the darkness with the light. And so in the process of doing that, I think you somehow escape or something. I can't quite well, remember you, how you escape. When, 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 once you do it, the tentacle thing retreats long enough that Master Pang basically sends you off. Yeah. And you come back and Rap wakes up and hooray, we've gotten another party member back. Except the Luminary passes out again because that's just like what you do in this game if you're the Luminary. Yeah, well, you gotta... I started... It, it, it kind of feels like instead of the game just saying, hey, you went and took a nap, it's like the Luminary passes out and everyone has to drag him to a bed. You could have <laughs> just given me the dignity of going... I need to rest for the night, guys. Yeah, no, we can't do that. Because, like, even Rab is somehow okay, even though he's been there for weeks. You have been there for ten minutes, and that was too much for you. Yeah, and, and because Rab is specifically like, oh, dude, I he like, ate all night and somehow was right back to his old body shape. Yeah, because they make that joke, because when, when you see them in the morning, Hendrix immediately like, uh, you look different. He's like, ah, it was nothing that a, a good night's meal couldn't fix. And, and I thought that was kind of funny because, like, they made this different look for him. But, you know, like we talked about before, it's a game that feels like it's being kind of made on the cheap and they weren't about to give him entirely new character models for battle or whatever. So they just hand wave it away with a joke. And I thought that was kind of that was pretty amusing, I thought. Yeah. But now we've got Rab back. And so we're up to three people. We've got this whole world. And now the, the game basically pulls the same thing it pulled in Act 1 with the... Um, Go get the orbs, or it's just like go explore the world and find your friends and get the orbs back. Well, so specifically, we're exploring the world because the avatar tells us about a ancient flying machine that Erdrick used to destroy the Dark One before, and so now we're going out and trying to find that. Yes, and we're suspecting that there's probably information about that in Arborea, and in the meantime, we can try to find our friends and get orbs again. Oh, and now that we've gotten Rab back and his uh, character growth grid has massively expanded. It's like three times the size. It's absurdly big now, which is funny because we were talking in Act 1 how it felt like we were starting to run out of things to do. And we are definitely not going to have that problem now. Oh, yeah. But now that we've gotten Rab back, um, that's going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. Next week, we'll be talking more about, you know, where we're going to go from here and who we're going to get next. I so hope look forward to that. Jade, because I want to wrap that whole thing up. <laughs> Meanwhile, as always, you can contact us on our Discord or via Twitter or our email, and the contact information, as always, will be included in the episode description. I, I, I guess, I guess, on the luminary. Mm-hmm.